Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and joining me as usual is former USC defensive end and a third-round draft choice of the Cincinnati Bengals back in 2006, Frosty Rucker. Frosty, this is going to be our 2020 NFL Draft Preview Show, and we've got a special guest who will be joining us to talk about his draft prospects. But first, some news that came out about quarterback JT Daniels entering his name into the transfer portal. It seemed to come out of nowhere as all previous indications were that he was planning to stay and compete with Keaton Slovis for the starting job. What do you think about his decision to do that? Me personally, I was hoping and wishing he wouldn't get into that transfer portal. I am a big fan of JT and with football comes a lot of adversity and injuries and whatnot and I really wanted to see him compete. I just knew he would have been ready to go after rehabbing and watching his backup take the rein and do what he did with the season and play phenomenal. And I thought JT would have came out of this rehab ready to just battle for his job. And, you know, worst case scenario, be right there ready for an opportunity the same way. You know, I think it's strength in numbers if he's on our team. I also see the other side of it. I see that he wants an opportunity. And if he transfers and gets in that portal, he can go now. And we all know that JT can light up the scoreboard with the opportunity. So I'm on the fence with it. It's interesting. And I can't wait to talk about it more. Yeah, I think it's more about the timing of everything involved. You figure at this point he wasn't going to necessarily go anywhere after talking about staying and competing for the job. And obviously there's a lot of decision-making at the NCAA level that might have something to do with this. If guys can just transfer without having to sit out a year, that could play into the decision as well. And of course, just because he's in the transfer portal doesn't mean that he's necessarily leaving. Last year's backup quarterback, Matt Fink, He was in the transfer portal at this time last year, and he ended up staying at USC, so we never know what could happen there. But we will talk about that more in a little bit. If you enjoy our show, of course, you can subscribe and rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn. Also, the website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com on social media at Believe Podcasts. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports. That's N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, where can they find you on social media? As usual, you can find me, Frosty, at The Organic Process on Twitter, Instagram, and some other websites that you probably don't want to talk about. Well, in this episode of the Believe in USC Football podcast, we're going to take a look at the Trojans who could be picked in the upcoming 2020 NFL Draft. Originally, the three-day affair from April 23rd through 25th was going to take place in Las Vegas on a makeshift stage at the Bellagio Fountains, but the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic wiped out those plans. Despite the desire of some player personnel folks to delay the draft, it is going to proceed as scheduled in virtual form with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announcing picks from his basement. One of the USC players who is hoping to hear his name called during the draft is defensive end Christian Rector, who finished his Trojan career with 
117 tackles, 22 and a half of them for loss, including 13 sacks, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, and a game-sealing interception versus Arizona State this past season. Christian, thanks for joining Frosty and I on the show. How are things going? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Doing well here in South Pasadena, relaxing at my mom's house. Happy to be here. Get off the couch, Christian. Get off the couch. There's only so many places I can go. And that's true. Hey, we need him on the couch for this right now, Frosty. <laughs> so You're true. That's true. That's true. Well, Christian, I like being in this position where I can talk to a guy coming out of college, don't know really what to expect going to the next level, and to be talking to you, being a former Trojan, being able to shed some light on some things. It's an honor to be able to get you on this podcast and talk to the Trojan fans out there and give them a little insight on what goes on and what anxieties you have going forward. But again, thanks for coming on with us, and we do appreciate this. Yeah, no problem. So first of all, Christian, let's just talk about your experience at USC. Obviously, you spent five years. You registered your first year. Kind of give us a little bit of what your experience was like, both on and off the field as a USC Trojan. Yeah, I was recruited by Steve Sarkeesian back in 2015. I came to SC open-minded, but I knew that there was guys ahead of me on the depth chart coming in. We had a lot of experience and older guys that were playing. So I knew I was probably going to redshirt and develop during that year and just get bigger and stronger and faster. And yeah, I stuck with the program and I found myself seeing the field after my redshirt freshman year. And then I just kept on developing. And I'd say 2017 was my breakout year and the rest was kind of history. And I loved every minute of playing for the Trojans. And yeah, it was a great experience. That's awesome. Christian Frosty here. I want to talk to you about some of those guys, those older guys that were in the locker room with you, that you came in and you said you knew going in that you were going to probably redshirt and you're going to develop. What did you see from those other guys? Who were they? And what did you get from their game? I'd say like Delvon Simmons mm-hmm. and Antoine Woods were the, the two leaders on defensive line and kind of led that group with Coach Wilson. Yeah. And they were hard workers and it was an older team. And we were still kind of affected by the sanctions that year as we were getting more scholarships. But we had a really talented class. Yes, you did. And so the older guys knew the importance of having young guys step up and play and help the program as a whole. So I knew when it was time for me to to step up and play that I was going to be ready. And I salute guys like that, like Antoine Woods, who's been killing it in the league, you know what I mean? Right. And able to succeed. And just looking up to guys like that helped me with my journey. Right. I had the same experience coming in. I actually transferred in from Colorado State and I came in as a linebacker, but I was soon moved to defensive line and Coach O was my defense line coach. And I had Kenechi Udezi, I had Sean Cody, Mike Patterson, Omar Nazel. These guys were in my defense line group and I was similar. I had to redshirt. So I knew I was going to sit there and develop and learn the scheme and what was going to be asked of me. And I was very lucky to have those mentors like you're bringing up Woods and having that leadership that's been there to tell you that you're going to be needed at a certain point and to tell you how to work out and how to get stronger, teach you little things about technique and stuff. It was vital to me and I'm sure it was vital to you. Yeah, definitely. Who were some of your favorite teammates along the way in your SC career? They're all pretty great. Spill the beans, Christian. My best friend on the team would have to be Jacob Daniel. He didn't play too much, but we came in together. We bonded over the All-American game, and I knew I was going to be my friend for life. He's a great dude. Sam Darnold is up there. He's an ultra-competitor, great guy. The funniest teammate, I'd say, would be Quentin Powell. 
from Florida. Q, okay. Yeah, Q. Interesting. What made him so funny? It's just He's just a character. It's just his personality, how he carries himself. Always can make light of any situation. Always had some type of drama going on. You need those guys in your team, though. They keep you going. Yeah, yeah. They keep you on your toes. Yeah, all the time, because either they're going to roast you or you get to roast them. They can show you by experience what not to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you need those characters on your team. That's good, man. That's real good. And speaking of drama and teammates, obviously we talked about it at the beginning of the show, quarterback JT Daniels putting his name into the transfer portal. What do you think about that decision by JT doing it this kind of late stage in the game? And what were your experiences like playing with JT Daniels? I love JT Daniels. He's a great friend of mine. He's an ultra competitor, loves the game, loves to study the game. And I think I like the move by JT to enter the portal. Selfishly, I'd love for him to stay and he can totally do that. He has that option. Entering the portal just allows him to view all his options. As a college coach, if you offered a, a better job, you can just leave and take the better job. That's true. As a player, it gives you more power in getting your name out there. Absolutely. See, Nar, it's a new wave out there these days. These players are sticking up for themselves and they know that they are the product. Back when I played, it was just shut up and play ball. These guys these days, they know that. And it's a vital option. I like that, Christian. Yeah, I, I see him going to a big school like Michigan or even somewhere in the SEC. I think there are definitely some SEC schools that could use an upgrade at quarterback. That is for sure. Do you think the offense that we have fits JT Daniels? Yes and no. I feel like he would succeed in this offense, but he could go to a more pro style. Right, because he did light it up the first game of the season before he got hurt. He was on a roll. Yeah, and that's another thing. You never know with injuries. Last year, we used three quarterbacks throughout the entire season. Like you said before, with Matt Fink, who shined against Utah and won us that game. But he would have never had that game had he left. Right. And that game could get him a chance to pro ball one day once they look at how he played. And you never know. And it's all about opportunity, you know. And that's why I personally would like to see JT sit there and battle it out because he still went into the season as a starter. He was still young. And I think him competing and the type of leader that I've heard so much about, Mm -hmm. spending just a little time around him, talking to him. And I thought he would just stay and battle it out. And the worst case scenario, he'd be sitting there ready and wouldn't have to wait to be ready in case anything happened. They could fall back on a true five-star recruit. Yeah, but I mean, the way that kid was playing, I think they have him like third favorite for Heisman. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I completely get it, but you're a play away, so you never know. Yeah. But it's his choice, and who are we to say anything negative about it? I support him as being a young man that can make a decision like that for himself to know if there's an option out there that he can get to a better place and go light it up, go do it. I just you know, selfishly want him to be a Trojan. Actually, I talked to him two weeks ago, and he said, I don't know if this is true or not, but he said there's like a one in 10 chance that the college football season happens. Well, I'm not a betting man, so I'm going to stay out of that one. Yeah, we're going to have to see. He's an insider. He's an insider on coronavirus. If you factor that in, then he wouldn't really be sitting out a year. The year he's sitting out, everybody would be sitting out. Correct, because everyone's sitting idle now. No one knows what's going on. Yeah, nobody knows. So that could have also factored into why he made the decision so late. Strategic. Yeah, exactly. Again, I'm not here to say anything wrong with the decision. I support him. He's a Trojan. Once you're in, you're in. So thanks for answering that the best that you could. Now that I know JT has a crystal ball. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the coronavirus pandemic affecting everything, how much did it really affect you with school and finishing up? 
So I walked across the stage last spring and then officially graduated in December. Awesome. So I missed all this, thank God. But it's still happening in a very unfortunate time in my life with transitioning into the NFL and getting ready for that. But yeah, I'm glad I don't have Zoom school and have to take my classes online. So I lucked out with that. Yeah, that's true. This is so adverse for the first time this happening. You know, like Christian said, luckily he graduated, but preparing for the league and this transition, you wish you could not be isolated in this time period and you could be around other guys going through the same thing so you guys could talk it out and be social and work out together and do those things. And it has to be tough, man. So how do you feel about that, though? How do you feel about your training and how you've taken your approach for this awkward time? I mean, as a guy who wasn't invited to the combine, I was relying a lot on pro day to showcase my talents and to show the kind of athlete that I am. And so to not have that happen was a real bummer and a letdown. But, you know, you got to roll with the punches and control what you can control and make the best out of the situation. So my trainer and my team got together and we were able to produce a highlight tape with me just doing the events and doing D-line drills. Right. And we were able to send that out to teams. So that was good. I feel like some guys weren't even able to do that because they were training at Exos or another facility where they had to shut down entirely because of COVID-19. Right. And you didn't have a chance to play in one of those collegiate all-star games. How was that experience? How was your stat line? Did you learn anything by being coached? Obviously, having more tape, that helps, especially right now when you didn't get a chance to have your pro day or you didn't get a chance to go to the combine. Do you think that game helped you out? Yeah, I mean, any chance to be in front of NFL personnel and playing in front of them, I mean, it's one of those events where they're always watching you, everything you do, from inside the lobby to how you're handling yourself in meetings to how you handle yourself on the practice field. And it's like the practices are more important than the games right? because they want to see how you practice, and that's very important when picking a player. And a little insight to that as you take on your NFL career, Mm -hmm. remember this, you practice more than you play. So the same thing that you just went through with that collegiate game is the same thing that you have to look forward to. You in a weight room, when you're studying, you in the cafeteria, they're always paying attention because they're always looking to replace you. I always look at it from that side of it. There's always guys waiting for your job. So you have to take that approach every single day that you're in there. You're not on scholarship anymore you really aren't guaranteed the next day. Mm -hmm. So it was the same as that collegiate game. So that's a little nugget that I can install on you that you had experience in that. And from that point, this is how it is being in the business, this business. It's interesting you say that because I've been talking to Randall Telfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy. Who was represented by my agent. And he was telling me the same thing. And what we could both relate to is how USC installed that in us. They treat it like a professional organization almost. A great foundation. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the nutrition and the training and they're always watching you and making sure you're handling yourself like a pro every day, day in and day out. So when you get to that next level, you're ready and you're used to it. You know what I mean? It's already ingrained inside you. We hope you're enjoying listening to our NFL draft preview show for 2020. If you enjoy listening to us, of course, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. On social media, at Believe Podcast. For me, I am on Twitter. Send me your questions and comments at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, where can they catch up with you? They can find me at The Organic Frost, and that's on all your social media networks. The Believe in USC football podcast is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. There's no NBA, NHL, and MLB, 
but you still have plenty to wager on, including esports, American Idol, Big Brother, politics, and the spelling bee. Bet Online also has an online casino with blackjack and poker, plus their $750,000 poker series. They're still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. We are here, of course, along with special guest Christian Rector, defensive end for the USC Trojans, as he prepares for the NFL Draft. Christian, glad to have you on board. Is there any social media you'd like to get out there and let the people know about? Sure. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian underscore Rector, and you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore real underscore Rector. Awesome. What's your Tinder account? Hey now. Hey now. Joking. Joking. (laughs) (laughs) Smart man. Smart man. So we've been talking with Christian about his preparation for the NFL draft that has been obviously affected by the fact that there is a coronavirus pandemic that has swept the world. But I want to get into more of the beginning of the process. So you finished off the season against Iowa in the Holiday Bowl. You graduated in December. So you're free from school. You're ready to train. What's the process? You go into getting an agent first. You go into getting a trainer first. What is the process that you went through? After the bowl game ended, that's when I started shopping around for agents. And agents have been reaching out to me for a couple of years. And I think I would have went about my process differently looking back on it. But I think the way things played out are fun and I'm very happy with my decision. So yeah, it was kind of a difficult process for me because I wanted to explore all my options with picking an agent, you know what I mean? Because you only do it once. And so I linked up with Dynamic Sports Group and this guy, Cameron Weiss, who's part of the Trojan family and represented former SC players, said Ware and Randall Telfer, as I mentioned. And yeah, I think it was a great decision. We really gelled well. I was looking for a more boutique agency who could put more focus into me because sometimes I feel like I might have gotten thrown in with the mix if I went with a bigger agency where sometimes you don't get as much love if you're not a first, second round graded guy. Understood. See, my process, I went with a higher profile agent when I came out of college. And personally, I felt like I got trapped in that mix of guys, especially if they are representing the top quarterback or something, being a defense alignment. You're really not at the front line of marketing and everything like that. One of the things that I learned throughout my career is that an agent works for you, bud. So don't ever forget that. The agent works for you. Everything's negotiable. You should probably get a business manager. It's one of the things that I had to end up getting that is more day-to-day focused on you because agents are just like any other thing. They have other jobs that they do and they, they got other things going on, other athletes. So if you get a business manager, that would be solely to get you all those little marketing deals and whatnot that you're seeking. Those are what business managers are for. So just take that nugget. If you want to you know, use it, you can. It's something that I found later on in my career. Uh, yeah, again, the agent works for you. Be very transparent in the things that you're asking them. Mm-hmm. And so they can give you real answers on the things they can and can't do. Ultimately, you going out there busting your tail warrants the contract. Agents do have juice and they do have value for certain things. But your play ultimately is the tell-all. Yeah, and I felt that point about how the agent works for me. And, you know, agents, they have training facilities or places they like to send their athletes. And I had been working with and training with this trainer out of Orange County, who I met my sophomore year in college. 
my agent wanted me to go to Denver to train in high altitude because he said guys got great results from there. And I felt like more comfortable staying local and training with this trainer. And at the end of the day, I felt like I got great results from it. And, you know, I stuck with my decision. Good. And my agent, of course, is going to pay for the training and the nutrition and everything. And so he's going to have to agree with what I want and what, what I think is best for me at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's one way to look at it. Me personally, I work out at school. Double A was there, which is your strength coach now at USC. We had Chris Carlisle, which is the head strength coordinator when I was there. And it was me, Matt Leinert, and Reggie Bush. We stayed at school and worked out there. I took a class, stayed on campus, worked out around Coach Carlisle. He knew my body. And again, it's all about your comfort. And I too had an agent that was in my ear at that stage telling me to go train somewhere else. But like I said, ultimately, it's your decision where you feel is the best comfort, where you can focus and get your job done. And I'm glad you did that. Yeah. So Christian, how's your training going? Where are you training at? Who's your trainer? What's going on? I've been training in Orange County with a guy named Trey Lewis through Total Sports Performance. Nice. Yeah, we've been getting great work in. I train with guys like Trina Nuosu, Chuma Idoga, and some other guys down in Orange County. And I've really seen some really great results through that intense training. Did you have any workout partners to start with? Yeah, so there was three other kids I was training with. One of them, his name was Caleb. He was a tight end from Utah State. One of them was Elu Aiden, the nose tackle from Oregon State. And one of them was Josh Woods, a linebacker from UCLA. How'd that go? It went pretty well. I mean, sometimes you get these big facilities where they're training 30 guys at a time. So only having four guys, it was a lot more intimate setting. Yeah, a lot of hands-on. Yeah, so the trainer could really focus in more on technique and whatnot. I liked it. We lived in a nice house in Lake Forest with a pool and jacuzzi. We lived like five minutes from the facility in the field. You're out here living lavish. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I mean... <laughs> so, so what were you personally working on? Is it getting stronger, faster, your hands? As a defensive lineman, I know you have a chance to sit back and watch your film now. What things are you critiquing yourself to get better for the next level? Well, first, I'll talk about the pro day training, which was what the program that was on. It was like an eight-week program focused on like speed training, change of direction, explosion, and the bench press, you know, upper body strength for the events for pro day. So it's almost like I'm training as a track athlete. Right. The stance that you get into isn't a three-point stance. So it kind of is different than typical football training. Right. It's been a really weird process with this coronavirus, to be honest. I can only imagine. Yeah, because once Pro Day got canceled, it was on us to make a tape. And so everything kept on shutting down. The gym we went to was right next to Cote de Casa called Athlete's Choice, closed down. We couldn't train in there anymore. It was raining a couple of days, so we couldn't get the film out. The sports complex where the field that we usually train on closed, along with the field we would train on, the Mission Viejo High School, we would sneak in there and that eventually got shut down because of social distancing. Right. So we had all these obstacles to get through and eventually we were able to do it. Like I ran my 40 on a volleyball court. You know sports courts? Yeah. My trainer has this bunker almost. It's like a compound with all these volleyball fields. And he rents like a section of it where he has some racks some free weights and some dumbbells. So that's where I've been training now. So once we've dropped the tape and sent it to all the teams, now I'm more focusing on football movements, quick twitch, feet work, explosiveness, upper body control. I've really noticed a difference in my upper body. I'm laying the bags down more. I'm doing position-specific work. Right. Seeing some really good improvements there. And just in general in my body, I've noticed some changes. 
I've slimmed down and I've gotten a lot quicker, which is great right. for the next level. Yeah, I'm sure this unique time where there's not many other distractions but to work on your craft, you're probably getting the best results ever. So that's one positive thing in this whole crisis situation. There's not many distractions, right, Nara? <laughs> yeah, you get to focus basically on what you're working on within the restrictions of what you can do, obviously. So you talked about the fact that you've slimmed down and you've gotten more explosive. How is that translated in your weight, your 40 time, bench press, any kind of that stuff? So I played last season at 275, and then throughout my training, I was around 255 to 260. So I lost about 15 to 20 pounds, and I ran a 4.62 at my 40. Wow. Which is really impressive, yeah. I surprised myself with that one even. And so I think that's going to translate well to the league, and I think teams will be able to see my skill set now and, and the kind of athlete that I've become and you know, kind of mold me to what their scheme is and what they want to do. Yeah, it seems like you might be pulling the reverse Frosty Rucker by going DN to maybe being able to play an outside linebacker position. Does that mean that you maybe can show teams more position versatility at the next level? Definitely. I think they can see me as more versatile athlete playing stand-up, playing outside, or if they want to put weight on me, they can pack it back on and I can move back inside, play three techniques, my hand in the dirt, or I can stay back outside and stand up depending on where teams see me fit in their scheme. I'm comfortable playing up and down the line. Right. Have you ever spent time playing inside? Because that's something that I had to do and I had to learn to do. I played outside my whole career. And then about year seven, I think it was, or eight, I moved inside. Are you comfortable playing inside? Yeah, definitely. I have tape of me playing inside at the college level. And I think with my quickness, I can excel playing inside at the next level. True. And so obviously we're in a different time where the process of how you go about getting ready to be drafted is totally changed in 2020. Normally there'd be a pro day for you to go to. There might be local pro days. Teams would call you up, get you to their facilities, interview you, work you out, measure you in person, all of that kind of stuff. Even if you didn't get to go to the combine is in your case. But tell me a little bit about how the process has been with the teams and what teams have you heard from? Who have you talked to? How has that process been in this different time? Yeah. So like you said, usually I would be evaluated again at Pro Day and that didn't happen this year. So a lot of teams are relying on collegiate bowls and other opportunities that they got to meet with players that didn't necessarily get a combine invite. So a lot of teams I had already spoke to at the NFL PA game and got a chance to have sit down interviews with them. Some of them recorded the interviews. They got measurements. So all of that it was pretty much taken care of. Since then, I've been contacting them and they've been contacting me, just staying posted, talking about my training and who I'm training with and, you know, good number to call on draft day and stuff like that. And talking to teams with my agent about where they see me fitting in their program, in their scheme. So a lot of teams I've been talking to, like the 49ers, I've been having really good talks with them, the Chargers, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Texans, really almost all the teams I've been talking to, but some more than others. Right. Well, I do know in my situation, when I came out, I did have the combine and I did play in the East-West Shrine game. And those opportunities, I did get a chance to do extra. But personally, I didn't get flown around to teams and do private workouts or nothing like that. So I was a little bit caught off by that because I thought that was going to be the total process. You do the bowl game, you do the combine, you do the pro day, but then you get to go meet individual and the teams show interest. And in my case, that didn't happen. So 
again, I'd keep your head up about those things. I know it's an awkward time mm-hmm. and you're expecting different things and you don't know. You may be listening to other guys and their experience they had before COVID took over. But just keep working hard. Keep training as hard as you can. Listen to your agent. Listen to your trainer for your private things and stay focused. That's probably the advice I could give you to stay focused right now. Christian, if you're going to talk to any of the teams out there right now, what would you tell them? GMs, ownership, one message to tell them. What would you say? I would tell them that I'm ready to go. If you wanted to fly me out tomorrow, I would be ready to work out in front of you and hit the ground running. I think I'm built for this and the proof is in the pudding. I think my training has paid dividends for myself. And you know, you're just going to get a hard worker who's ready to go. Well, that's good news. I mean, I'm sure a lot of GMs and ownership love to hear that, that a guy is ready to go. A lot of people are taking this time to be distracted and find excuses. Please don't let that happen to you in this process. Stay focused, stay determined. And that's music to my ears, but who am I? I'm just a guy on the radio. And finally, Christian, have you been told kind of a gauge of where you might expect to be picked in the NFL draft? And do you have plans to be watching the draft? Yeah, I'll be watching the draft. It kind of varies. I've heard around four through seven grades, a couple undrafted grades. So I'll be watching you know, towards later rounds, but it'd be a dream to get drafted, to be wanted by a team, to see a team use one of their picks for me. It's always been a dream of mine. And it'd be a huge accomplishment to get drafted. But if it doesn't happen, you just got to keep moving forward. And all I need to do is get my foot in the door. So yeah, I'll be watching the draft very closely. Awesome. Well, you know, we're wishing you the best of luck wherever you may end up. And it's not always how you get there. It's what you do when you get there. You know that, like you said, you're primed and ready for this situation. Coming from SC, best of luck. Obviously, Nara and myself wish you all that luck and success. And I'm sure everyone's proud of you. You just keep living out your dream the best way you can, bud. Thanks, man. Absolutely. And before you go, why don't you give all of the Trojan fans again a shout out on where they can catch up with you on social media to follow you. Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Christian underscore Rector. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore real underscore Rector. So again, we want to thank Christian Rector, USC defensive end, heading into the NFL draft. We want to wish him the best. And we know that all of Trojan Nation is going to be rooting for you, Christian. So good luck as you enter your professional career. Any last thoughts you want to give out to all the Trojan fans out there? Thank you, Trojan fans, for your support. I know we're in some hard times right now, but as we say, fight on and stay safe out there. That's good stuff right there. Trojan fans, stay with us, stay committed, stay supporting your guys. Guys have worked very hard to be in this position, and without your support, a lot of it wouldn't be happening. So me being a former Trojan and Christian coming out, we both appreciate all the support we've gotten, and everyone give Christian a fight on and good luck, and make sure you guys follow him. And thank you again to Christian Rector for joining us on the Believe in USC football podcast. If you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe and rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn. You can also catch us at the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcasts. For me, I am on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, where do they catch up with you? You can catch me at The Organic Frost, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This is Mike Williams, and you're listening to the Believe in USC football podcast with Nara Wang and my old friend and teammate, Frosty Rucker. Fight on.
And we are back, Frosty and I, to discuss the other players that are expected to possibly get picked out of USC in the 2020 NFL Draft. Let's begin with probably the first Trojan that will go off the board. That would be offensive tackle Austin Jackson, the junior who is leaving early from USC to go into the draft. Some people have him getting into the bottom of the first round. Most people say that he's definitely going to go in the top half of the second round if he doesn't sneak into the first round. Austin Jackson was invited to the combine where he measured in at 6'5", 322 pounds, ran a 5.07 in the 40-yard dash, did 27 reps on the bench press. So all of those numbers are solid for a guy like him. And why don't you talk a little bit more about Austin Jackson's pro prospects? You know, I believe he's going to be a mid-first round pick. You never know on draft day if a team trades out of picks and up to get certain players. And this day and age, the league's built around your quarterback. So finding a solid player that can block for them is always going to be high demand if you already have your quarterback. So I do feel like he will be one of those first, if not the first tackle pick in this draft, but he's going to be in that mid-round, first round to me. And I think people should like the character. I mean, he donated his own bone marrow to his younger sister, Autumn, who has a rare disorder called Diamond Black Fan Anemia in July of 2019. That disorder prevents her bone marrow from producing red blood cells, so he donated his healthy bone marrow to her, even though that is an invasive process, and he was going into his second straight season starting at left tackle, a big season. He was getting some early buzz as a guy who might be an early entrant. And obviously, some people thought that could affect him, and he did what he thought was the right thing to do for his family, and of course, that's the right decision in all cases, and we applaud him for that. So I think, to me, that shows a character that teams would want, right, Frosty? Yeah, I mean, doing things like that, that means your team first, family first. Having motives to sacrifice your own health and being for your family is such an honorable thing to do and the right thing to do. Knowing that he's a team player, This is a guy you want on your team. Doesn't talk a lot. There's not a lot of bad press to this guy. He gets his job done. And again, now that this is a quarterback-driven league, you need someone to protect those guys that are willing to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to get the job done. He'd be my first tackle pick, and hopefully that's the case. The other guy who is expected to go fairly high in the draft, cracking maybe the bottom of the first round, but more likely somewhere in the second round, is wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., He had 171 catches for 2,519 yards and 19 touchdowns in his USC career. Had the big senior season leading the way on the Trojans with 101 catches, 1,275 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He got better every year of his four-year Trojan career. He was invited to the Combine where he measured in at 6'4", 223 pounds ran a 4.52 in the 40-yard dash, and had a 36.5-inch vertical. And I think you're hearing the buzz that even though he's going to be probably a second-round guy, he's not the big name like the Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lambs out there, but this is a guy who's going to be a very good NFL wide receiver for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, he had a solid career, came on slow. I think that's just because we had guys, but he was coached well. Obviously, he has the genetics to do this at the highest level, and the guy performs. He performed every single game for us. He was our unanimous MVP for our team. I said that midway through if we want to go back to all our podcasts. This guy showed up. He works hard. No bad press. Great family. And he can help you win. He makes all the plays at the right time. Catches with his hands, not his body. 
And I'm excited to see where he goes. Obviously, in this draft, there are a couple guys that just have a really big name. Their teams had great success. But I hope the NFL scouts and GMs look at what this guy's done on the field and not the team success that was around him. This guy will show up and he can play on Sundays. So another guy on the offensive side to look at who could get drafted somewhere is offensive lineman Drew Richmond. Started at right tackle for SC in 2019 as a graduate transfer from Tennessee where he had started for three years there in Knoxville. He measures in at 6'5", 315 pounds. And I think there may be some questions about whether he stays at tackle at the next level. But I think he definitely showed enough that he's going to get a chance to play somewhere in the league. Yeah, I mean, he had a solid season. Let's not be mistaken. If the quarterback had success, you got to look at who the tackles were. Obviously, we can talk about Austin, but you got to consider Drew in the same boat. Maybe not as high profile, maybe not as talented, but a hardworking guy, a guy that's going to fight through whatever and be on the field. If we're monitoring this off quarterback success, he should be a mid-range guy that should get drafted. Like I said earlier, if this league is driven by quarterback success, you got to have guys out fight and claw to block the defenders. And I think he'll throw his body at any position down the line to get it right. And when you bring that to the table that you can play inside and out, your value goes up. And on the defensive side, besides Christian Rector, who we spoke to in this podcast, you've got linebacker John Houston Jr. He was a four-year guy at USC made 271 tackles, 13 of them for loss with five sacks in his Trojan career, two fumble recoveries, a forced fumble, and an interception as a three-year starter at inside linebacker. As a senior captain, he led the team with 104 tackles, 64 of them solo, seven for loss, threw in two and a half sacks and a fumble recovery and three pass breakups. Has good size for a linebacker, 6'3", 220. And again, I think some of the questions are at the next level. Does he stay inside? Is he going to be an outside guy? But he's a guy who has a lot of athletic ability, and you would think that depending on the scheme, he can find a place at the next level, correct? Yeah, I mean, this guy is flying all over the field any chance he got to be in the game. And he's another one of those guys that you don't know if he's inside, outside. The guy's a tweener, but he's a playmaker. And the way this day and age... The offense are playing, the quarterbacks are throwing the ball. You got to have range to go sideline to sideline, as well as come downhill. But when he comes downhill, he thumps, he uses hat and hands, he gets off blockers and sheds. He does a great job. This guy, again, he's going to be the sleeper in this draft because he has all the stuff and he's only going to get better. I like Houston. I think he's a second round pick. And so those are the top Trojan prospects for the 2020 NFL draft. Of course, USC. With a rich draft history, 509 players drafted all-time. That is the most by any school. 81 first-round draft picks all-time, which is tied for the most with Ohio State. And along with Michigan, the only two schools to have had a player drafted every year since 1939. That streak will, of course, continue this year. And this is, again, our 2020 NFL Draft Preview for USC Football. Narwang and Frosty Rucker with you on the Believe in USC football podcast. If you enjoy listening to us, you can catch us, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Subscribe and rate us. And the website to catch us is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcasts. You can find and follow me, send me your questions and comments on Twitter at Narwang Sports, N-A-R-A. 
W-E-N-G Sports. What are your social media destinations, Frosty? I'm at The Organic Frost, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And now we got to get to your draft process, Frosty. Of course, you were the third-round draft pick, 91st overall by the Cincinnati Bengals back in 2006 in a loaded class of Trojans, 11 USC Trojans selected in that draft. What do you remember about going through the process? Just being anxious, not running as fast as I could at the Combine having to do drills at outside linebacker at the combine because I was a tweener type of player, as they call it. Didn't know where to put me outside backer or hand in the dirt. And just, like I said, being anxious, being anxious to know if your name's going to be called. Obviously, we had all these big time guys at SC, 11 of them drafted across the board. There's, you know, Mario Williams ended up being the first pick in the whole draft. And that was a defensive end. So trying to figure out, which I shouldn't have did, but trying to figure out where I would land, but also just wanting the opportunity. And I finally got it. Like you said, I was a 91st pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. Forever grateful for that opportunity. I was prepared for it. And 13 years in the NFL, I'm glad they made that decision. There was four of us in our draft class that came to the Cincinnati Bengals that played 13 plus years and fortunate to be one of those guys. And do you remember where you watched the draft? Did you watch the draft? Yeah, I watched it from the living room at my mom's house. Jethro Franklin had just left. He was our defensive line coach. He had just left and went to Tampa Bay, so I really felt like we had a good friendship, good working relationship, and that that was going to be on the table for that on the first round, and that didn't happen. Second round flew by, and then it got scary because then the first day was first, second, and third round, and 91st pick, third round. See my name come across the ticker and got a phone call from Marvin Lewis. He was excited. I was too, and it was just a blessed day and a very exciting part of the journey playing football since I was seven years old to go to USC and win national championships and put myself in position to help my family out and help myself out too. It was a dream come true. And listen, the two high profile guys in that draft out of USC were Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush taken in the top 10 of the first round and you outlasted both of them. Yeah. You know, just opportunity, different positions, different schemes and no shade towards them. I just busted my tail because other people, they came out the gate stronger. They came with the bigger names and whatnot. And I just worked my tail off and worked through injuries. And you got to be tough playing D-line. And there's a lot of hand injuries and things that with your craft. And I, I just pushed through it all and kept going. And I was very fortunate. And before we finish up here, what are your final thoughts for these Trojans who are about to embark on the next step of their football career? Honestly, I feel like they have a great chance to be drafted. I know this is a different time with this coronavirus going on and they didn't get to fly around and, you know, some didn't go to the combine, some did and all that. But I think to spend some time and be able to tell them just to stay focused, stay focused on your craft. Don't get caught up in anything around. Just you got the base tools to get in a locker room and blend in. But how you stand out is how you work, how you take on every reps. And that's every day, how you study, how you eat and take care of yourself. Those are the things that outshines people that maybe have a bigger name going into it, but maybe they don't have the work ethic or they're, you know, don't just be satisfied getting in the room, make something happen. So good luck to those guys. Wish them well. I'm sure they'll all do great and they'll continue our legacy of all these draft picks. That is a great message to send out. So for Frosty Rucker and special guest Christian Rector, I'm Narwang. Thanks for joining us for episode 30 of the USC football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. 
the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as always, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.